All right. Again, fellas, thank you so much for taking the time to do podcast number three. Yes, sir. Uh, Dre, you in a good place, man? We'll be dedicating this one to Kobe. Mm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I guess so. I'm going to dedicate it to Kobe. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Husbands of Riverview, episode three, Kobe Bean. Vince, I know you got a lot to say today, but my resident Kobe Bryant extraordinary fan, for 15 years I've known Dre. He's been a Lakers fan, Kobe fan. Dre, you have the floor, man. Speak your truth. It's interesting because I haven't, um, I haven't said anything really publicly about Kobe yet. Like I haven't made a, a Facebook post or Instagram post or anything like that uh, to date. Um, so to kind of start it off, uh, I think most people know, if you know me, you know that I'm a fan of, uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, uh, like years ago, if you asked me, like in the midst of a conversation about basketball, if you said, Hey, you're a Laker fan, I would be like, no, I'm a Kobe fan, which makes me a Laker fan. And I, I used to always mm-hmm. like joke. I'm like, if he played for the Cucamonga cracker killers i'd be a, <laughs> I'd be a fan <laughs> of them too like even if he didn't play in the nba whatever team he played for would be my favorite team so um uh so yeah big fan i, I cried when they won in 2010 like i used to before iphones or like smartphones the nba had this thing on their website where you could um input your cell phone number and you would get text messages of certain players uh, statistics for that night um so like i you could pick how many players you wanted to do that with i did it with sebastian telfair and kobe bryant oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I used to get um their their stats at the end of every night um to back up to the very beginning so like if 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 our viewers or listeners are, are around our age, you remember when Kobe was coming into the league and the hype of him coming into the league. He wasn't the first big person to go straight from high school, um, but essentially he was, or the first big deal to come straight from high school. So I'm not mistaken, um, Sean Kemp, I don't know if he went to JUCO or he went straight from high school or he he just didn't do anything for a year and then went to the NBA. And same thing with, um, I think Daryl Dawkins may have went straight from high school, but I feel like the first big deal was Kobe Bryant um, <clears throat> because he was supposed to go to like Duke or North Carolina. It wasn't like he was going to go to mm-hmm. a small school like a JUCO and then go to the NBA. And the reason why I, I go that far back is because I remember talking about it with my family, like because it was so such big news on the on the like on the television like he's gonna skip going to college and getting his education and i remember sitting on my parents bed and they were, mm-hmm. we were talking about it like you know I, I knew nothing about sports i didn't even know if i was gonna play basketball but it was just like a family conversation like hey would you make that decision with me would should i go to school or should i go and make millions or what if it doesn't work out so that was like my first memory of kobe bryant um, years mm-hmm. later, I feel like the world is split in half. You either like Kobe Bryant or you dislike him. And when you dislike him, the common word was he's arrogant. Like, I, I don't like him because he's too arrogant. He's too cocky, you know, and I was one of those people. I was one of those people who used to dislike Kobe because 
oh, who, who do he think he is? He's not that good. He's only good because of Shaq. And he only has rings because of Shaq. So I was one of those guys. Maybe 07, 08 season, maybe a little bit after the 81 point game. That's when I started buying in. I'm like, okay, I can say what I want about his attitude. I can say what I want about those first three championships. But this dude is good. Like he's legitimately a good basketball player. And then good turned to great. And in that 07, 08 season, he finally won his MVP. And then you can argue that by then he should have had three or four. But, you know, controversies with, you know, his legal issues as well as the team, you know, wasn't winning 60 games or anything like that. Um, but he finally won his championship. Then, then he won in 09 um, uh, on his own without, you know, Shaq or anything like that. And I remember watching the entire 2010 season. That was my first time since, because I grew up in New York as a, a Knicks fan. That was my first time watching an entire season since like the 99 NBA season when the Knicks went to the finals. So I watched every game, got all the stats, watched every playoff game, watched all seven of the finals games. Game seven of the 2010 NBA finals, you guys almost lost me. There wouldn't have been no podcast. I had an anxiety <laughs> attack. So the game, <laughs> for those of you who don't remember, the game um, was between the Lakers and the Celtics. So huge rivalry. Celtics just came up out of nowhere because I think they were fourth or fifth in the, in the East that year. It was really supposed to be, you know, Cleveland or Orlando. But they just came out of nowhere and had a great run in the playoffs and went to the finals. We pushed it to game seven. But we being the Lakers had um, <clears throat> had home court. I don't think people remember because most times when you think about the highlights from that game, you always think about the fourth quarter and the free throws and Metal World Peace's three-pointer. But the Lakers were down by 20, either in the second or the third quarter. And it was game seven. And it was the biggest, pretty much the biggest moment in Kobe's career. And there's no shack to bail him out or anything like that. I had a panic attack. I was turning the TV off. I was putting it on mute. I lived in Kissimmee at the time. I hopped in my car and hopped on the highway, hopped on I-4 and drove to Orlando. I was probably inebriated too, so that wasn't safe. Came back, <laughs> checked the score. Like I was pacing back and forth, turned in the TV off. Like <laughs> My wife knows now that like when Kobe was playing at the tail end of his career, like when they played in road games and the commentator of the, the game was like a... Uh, uh, a commentator for the opposing team I would put the TV on mute because I didn't want to hear them talking bad about Kobe so (laughs) that's how intense it got but eventually they won the game it came down you know to the last few minutes and they won and it was like my most fulfilling feeling in sports like not when you know the Yankees won even though I was really happy when the Yankees won I was really happy when the Giants won both times uh, in the 2000s but that one in 2010 was more fulfilling than 09. And it was like my most fulfilling moment as a sports fan. So I, I give you all that backstory to explain how much of a Kobe fan I am. I'm one of those defend him. I had stats on deck. If we're in the barbershop, I would pull out all the stats left and right. <laughs> um, I was kind of in the midst of the whole Kobe versus LeBron thing. Um, and I had Kobe had the edge for a while. I, spe- I don't think people remember because there wasn't any Instagram around in 09, 010, uh, 2010 when they won back to back. But they were throwing Kobe into the, the Jordan conversation. Like people were saying, yep, he's the second best ever. And there was no doubt about it because at that point, LeBron had only been to one finals and he had got swept. 
So it was like, okay, he's clearly number two, which I was okay with. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Kobe fan, but at this point, LeBron James is a, is an overall better player than Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, to me, is, is the third best basketball player ever, which still says a lot. Um, people who don't have him in the top 10, or I shouldn't even watch basketball again. If you don't have him in your top five, maybe. But people who typically don't have them in their top five have Magic in the top five. And even Magic will say he, he's a better player than me. He's he's a better Laker than me, let alone a better player than me. So, but that's that's that. So that's my backstory. So naturally, this is going to sound super ironic, and it sounds like I'm just saying it in the moment. Anytime a celebrity would pass and it becomes like major news and, and transit, the first thing I would say to myself is like, I hope it's not someone that like I'm a real big fan of. I hope it's not Kobe Bryant or, or like Obama or something like that. So Prodigy, if you guys, you know, if our viewers listen to rap music, Prodigy from Mob Deep. The infamous yeah, Mob. Like, when that happened, it hit me left field because I loved his autobiography. I love Mob Deep in general. <laughs> At my job, I always listen to Mob Deep on Mondays. I call it Mob Deep Mondays, Wu-Tang Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> I'm always, you know, <laughs> so that caught me off guard. And I'm like, dang, that's one of my favorites. Of course, Nipsey Hussle passing away. That was one of my favorites. Mac Miller passing away. That was one of my favorites. Um, everybody remembers, you know, Michael Jackson passing away, Whitney Houston. But you're always kind of relieved because one, it's not it's not a family member. It's not a relative. And it's not like your top notch person, your favorite celebrity. So Sunday, I was putting my daughter's clothes on to go outside and you know play ball or something like that. And I get a text from uh, one of my frat brothers, Tim, and he was like, that article must be fake. So first thing I do is go to Twitter, which is unfortunate that that's what this generation has to do. But that's the fastest way to get news is to see what's trending. And it first thing I saw was Kobe Bryant and it was already number one. And it said died in plane crash. And I was like, this is extremely fake because if you I don't know if you guys keep up with Twitter maybe for the past 10 years they have been killing john weatherspoon on twitter for like 10 years straight like every year he's dying and he has to come out of the blue and be like no i'm not dead so i'm like that's not true then i see an article about oh kobe died in a uh, helicopter crash in calabasas now if you're a kobe fan you know he owns a helicopter well i don't know if he owns it but he uses a helicopter and maybe the past 10 years of his career he used a helicopter to get to the games so i'm saying to myself all right there was a helicopter crash in calabasas he's from la or he lives in la and he owns a helicopter so of course they're going to associate it with kobe but it probably wasn't him Uh, because all of this is just way too ironic the day after he um lebron james passes him in points all time the game that was just in philly where he's from philly uh, you know with la um, the next game they were going to play was going to be the biggest game of the season, Lakers versus Clippers. Like, no, all of that just wouldn't have added up right now for him to just pass away. That's just some crazy rumor. Uh, here we are today, and it is Wednesday. It supposedly happened. I'm using the word supposedly because that's where I am right now because I still don't really fully accept that it happened. And I haven't really grieved yet. Like, I haven't cried or anything like that. My friends that are from Boston have told me, man, I've been crying all day. 
and if you get what I'm what I'm saying, <laughs> like people from Boston typically hate the Lakers and anything Laker related. They typically are Celtics fans. And they're telling me, you know, I've been crying all day and I can't even drive. I'm so in a whirlwind. I haven't accepted it. Like I don't I'm still waiting for him to tweet. Like I'm still waiting for them to find out, oh, he lost his phone on the plane. And that's why he can't, you know, he can't tweet like something crazy because you just don't associate death with someone of that nature. You know, everyone's going to die, but you don't really, you don't really think to yourself, hey, Michael Jordan at age, you know, 37 is going to die. You don't think LeBron James is going to be in a a car accident and pass away. Like you just think, okay, they're going to grow old. They're eventually going to pass away. And then we're going to give them their Muhammad Ali moment where, you know, Muhammad Ali passed away. Everybody did hashtags, posted pictures, good speech at the funeral, and it was all good. Like, you don't expect it to be he was killed in this. It's more so he was supposed to die. Um, so it's still really surreal. I haven't watched the news. I haven't watched anything sports related. This is the week of the Super Bowl, and I'm not sure if I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Um, I definitely wasn't going to watch the Clippers-Lakers game. Uh, that was supposed to be yesterday, but they postponed it. And I honestly may not watch the rest of the NBA season because it's just not going to feel the same. Um, to kind of wrap up, the only basketball jersey that I own or the only athletic jersey I own is Kobe Bryant. If you went to my Facebook page or my Instagram page, the only other human being that's on my page besides you know, you guys, friends, family, is Kobe Bryant. You know, when he retired or his last game, I posted a picture and, you know, one of the seasons were starting and I was like, you know, it's Kobe season and I posted a picture. When he won his MVP in 2008, I changed my profile picture on Facebook to his um, his MVP trophy. Like, and the lasting impression I can leave with you is literally 24 hours before it happened, uh, I changed my profile information on Twitter. Uh, it used to say, you know, what my profession was, like had stuff about my profession. But uh, I was like, let me change some of that. And I was going to put in Kobe, we trust. And then I was going to put, you know, Laker fan, Yankees fan, Knicks fan or something like that. But I said to myself, I don't want to be defined by some someone else or an organization. I don't want the first thing you think of when you go to my page is, oh, Lakers. You, I want you to think, oh, Andre. Like, and I definitely don't want you to think of another man or another human being. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to put it on there. But that's how much of a, of a Kobe fan I was. Like, I was literally going to have his name in my uh, biography, like, uh, on a social media platform where, like, you define yourself as, okay, I'm introducing myself. And this is one of the first things I want you to think of. Um, right now, I have husband and father and in a Bible scripture and things like that, but that's how this week has been for me. So I, I haven't done a Facebook post or anything like that because I can't really put together words. So far, I'm, I'm 15 minutes in and I'm just kind of rambling. So I could only imagine if I open up Facebook and try to type some stuff up right now. <laughs> what about you, Vince? Growing up in Maryland, were you a huge Kobe guy, Laker guy, or... I know you followed the NBA. Yeah, so like 
to contrast with Dre, like I'm not a Laker guy and I'm not a Kobe guy. Like, like I respect Kobe for for what he is to the game. Like I do recognize him as in in the top five, hands down. Like there's there's no doubt about that. But I I can never consider myself a Kobe fan. Like like to start like I did I did kind of like Kobe coming out of high school just because it was something cool that that had never been seen before at least in my my lifetime at least I didn't know about like I think him and KG and I don't know if KG was the year before or the same year but yeah those were the KG only- was 95 Kobe was 96 okay so yeah those those were the the first two guys that I I could remember coming out of high school and having a having all the hype and actually being stars and like what I did like about Kobe at that time like Kobe came out you know, one that don't contest, you know, and like, mm-hmm. like I did like Kobe for that, but you know, like growing up, like, you know, like a lot of kids in our generation, like MJ was that guy, you know, and so for that whole, that whole Bulls run, like I was still on the Bulls, and then, like I started, you know, started following different players and things like that. And I don't, I don't even remember what exactly started getting me on to him, but I started following um, Latrell Sprewell, uh, Marcus Camby, and Allen <laughs> Houston. So I became a Knicks fan. And so to this okay. day, like if you ask me what team I, I like, it is the Knicks. Um, but like to, to the majority of it, like I do follow players. So like I'm a LeBron guy. Um, but like... When it comes to Kobe, like I said, hands down, he's definitely definitely in the top five, and, and you can't take away from anything that that man's done in the game. Like he's he's cemented his place in 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 the the Mount Rushmore, whatever you want to call it. He he's there, you know. He's in, yeah. he's in every conversation, and like 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 Dre brought up the barbershop today, and like. Like Lord knows I need a haircut right now, but like I haven't had the chance to get to the barbershop to even hear the conversation to see what that's like right now. I couldn't imagine what a barbershop conversation was like um, with with this happening just this past weekend. But like the the big the big takeaway, like Dre said, like was just the 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 utter disbelief. Like like when I when I first saw it, because um, I, I went to the Pro Bowl this weekend. Uh, with it being in Orlando, so it was just a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to the Pro Bowl this weekend, and I'm waiting to meet my cousin because uh, he had bought the tickets. So I'm waiting to meet him, and I'm just scrolling the gram, and like the the post I see it was from TMZ, and you know it says Kobe dies in helicopter crash, and like I think I forwarded on to to maybe you guys, a couple of my other people on the gram. I was like yo is this true because like one it's coming from TMZ so you know you gotta take that with a grain of salt but then like everything on social media like you 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 never know what's a hoax and what's not and you know so I I, I take it and I'm like yo this this could be legitimate and you know some time goes by and a couple more sources are are going on and then we start texting about it and things like that and 
and that that was the the biggest thing that upset me was like the the number of false reports that come out like yeah like the one said all four of his daughters were on the were on the the thing with them another said Rick, Rick Fox, Fox was on yeah, the plane like, like and and like that's just the, today's news cycle no one cares about being correct everyone just wants to be first and so yep. like you gotta you gotta kind of wait for everything to be vetted to say okay this is legitimate um so like that that was really terrible like because like and this this is going to be an unpopular opinion and i i kind of like hinted to you guys that i had an unpopular opinion and and it and it's not just about kobe um i feel like it happens to a lot of a lot of athletes um and you know a lot of just not even athletes but just people in general but like for me as a person that didn't follow kobe like that like once you're kind of out of the public eye and like kobe was still doing some things with espn with the detailed series and things like that but like he he had definitely taken a severe step back from being one of the premier faces in the league to kind of faded into the back and it, in in a way it's it's kind of like he was already dead to me like did you just kill Kobe Bryant I, <laughs> I I'm not trying to kill him like I said and and I and I don't mean to be insensitive but I feel like it's it happens with not only Kobe but just athletes in general in general like once they retire and you know, if they kind of fall out of that public light, they do kind of fall out of mind. So, like, the next time you might think about them is, oh, they're getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, which is normally, I think it's like five years removed from the from the game where you get inducted into the Hall of Fame. From where you retire. Yeah. And then from then on, you know, oh, you know, oh, we're going to celebrate an anniversary of this championship team or you know, then it comes down to the the folks that that do just you know get to an old age and, and pass naturally. You know, then then is when you have those moments and you remember them. And so, mm-hmm. like I said, not to be insensitive, but but like that's kind of how I view Kobe because like while I like I said respect everything that he does in the game, and like he was he was doing things in his you know, second career. Like he was yeah, doing the detailed series. He had his uh he won an Oscar. Yeah, he had the Oscar. Um Dear basketball. He had um he had like a documentary about his comeback after the Achilles that I watched this past year that was really good. Like he was he was doing things, but like he wasn't mainstream and like Yeah. So he was kinda out of mind. That's understandable. Like, for me, football was my number one sport. I didn't really get into the NBA, like, tough. I didn't get into the NBA tough until high school. But growing up, a kid of the 90s, I was a Bulls fan. I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to be, you know, 23, sticking my tongue out, dunking. So I was a huge, like, every kid was. And I stuck with the Bulls. I stuck with the Bulls for the Eddie Curry days, Tyson Chandler days. 
I stuck with the Bulls for the Derrick Rose, Luau Dang, Joaquin Noah, Carlos Boozer. Diehard Bulls fan. So, as a Bulls fan, I took on the rivalries of other teams. So, I hated the Cavs. I hated LeBron James. Like, I still, to this day, am not a huge LeBron James fan. Yes, I can consider that he's great. I can consider that he's one of the greatest of all time. But... He's not better than Jordan. He'll never be better than Jordan. No one will be better than Jordan in my eyes. Jordan played maybe 16 seasons, and he took five off. He took a break between the first three. He came back, won three again, took another break, went to the Wizards, and still giving people 30. So when it came to Kobe, I always respected Kobe's game. Um, I never really – I can't say if I was a fan. I didn't really hate Kobe. I always agreed that he deserved to be in a debate of the top two, top three players ever. But I just was indifferent to Kobe. Like, I didn't really care too much. Um, He didn't really do what Michael Jordan did for me. Like, Michael, the marketing behind Michael Jordan in the 90s was magical. You felt like you can fly. You bought his gear. You bought his shoes. You bought his jersey. Like, people started going bald. Like, it was just, he was just the NBA. So because of my allegiances to Michael and my loyalty to the Bulls, I just never had another favorite player or another favorite team. And I do respect some players' games. Like right now, because of my connection to the Bulls, I have a soft spot for Derrick Rose. (laughs) Gotta Um, love D. Rose. I lived in Chicago. I lived in Chicago the year he won MVP. And when the Heat put together Bosch, LeBron, and Dwayne Wade. I was there for the first game in Chicago. Um, Kanye West was there. It was crazy. And Luau Dang made a corner three, beat the Heat. The United Center went crazy. And that was one of the best basketball atmospheres I've ever been around. And Kobe, you know, he, he was always great. He was always clutch. That's the one thing I can respect about Kobe. He was just this clutch player in the fourth quarter. No matter how much the Lakers were down, you knew that Kobe will give him a chance and he'll make a clutch three and he'll go to the free throw line or he'll dunk with somebody. He'll get the momentum and everyone know about mama mentality. And I never really adopted to that, but it definitely is something that you want your star player to make the players around him become tougher, to get better and to work hard and to be relentless. And as a star facing a franchise, that was Kobe. And I'm just a information junkie. So I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to interviews. And I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but Dre, you hit it on the head. For the Lakers to play in Philly, where he's from, LeBron to pass him in scoring, and the next day he passes away, it just felt like something you were writing a script. And in addition to that, it was like he did a lot of interviews in the past year and a half. And I've never seen Kobe go on this type of media tour. So either he was about to promote something big or he just had a lot to say. But Kobe did like 20 interviews in the last year and a half. He's on like several podcasts. He's meeting with people, talking about his life. And I know he had just retired but and he had time on his hands. But it was like he was ready to do something incredible. And so... I first got a lot of group me messages, and then I got text messages from y'all. Then I went to Twitter as well, and I told my wife. 
and she's not really a huge, you know, Kobe fan. She loves LeBron. And it was like shocking. It was like someone that was just in the news the day prior for him, you know, going one step back from LeBron and scoring all the time to dead helicopter crash, 41. It just didn't add up. And so the more I start searching and checking, the more confirmations I receive. And it just hit me. Like, it made me check my own mortality. It's like, am I living my truest, best life, doing the things that is impactful and purposeful? And at 41, you just never would have thought, like, everyone was saying this. Like, if you would have gave me 100 people and you would have said this person's going to die today in a helicopter crash, nobody, less than 1% would have said Kobe Bean Bryant, especially with his precious daughter, Gigi. And to me, that's the most heartbreaking part. Sure. And I don't want to disrespect the other victims that died in the helicopter crash. I don't want to act like I'm this sensitive person, but I have a daughter and watching him and Gigi interact, the basketball videos, them sitting courtside, watching her run to his arms after games growing up, it just, it does something to me. Like it really just, it bothers me that they died in a helicopter crash. And so it's just it's just crazy. And then last night, I don't know if you guys watched any of the um, replays, but Shaq, EJ, Kenny, and TNT, they did like a tribute to Kobe. And oh my goodness, the logo, Jerry West, he just could not hold it together. He He's known Kobe since he was 17. He obviously made the trade to get him in the draft in 96. And he watched him go from 17 to 41 and being ambassador for the Lakers. Like, like he's synonymous with the brand. Like, Derek Fisher won the same amount of rings as Kobe Bryant, but you don't associate Derek Fisher as the Lakers. You associate the Lakers with Magic, Kobe, Kareem, Worthy, and they can throw LeBron in the mix, but Kobe was the Lakers. He was just, he embodied what it meant to be a true Hollywood megastar leading men winner champion and it's just it's just a sad week for the NBA and you know I respect him he definitely deserves all the accolades and recognition that's coming my heart goes to all the victims and especially Vanessa and the three ones that are still here yeah he has he had four daughters and there's three still alive his youngest, I believe, is like seven, eight months. And um, it's just, it just lets you know, man, you got to live life to the fullest. Like, live a full life. Drake has a line where he says, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And that's just the truth, man. You two have known me for 10 plus years. And you know, when I'm out and about and I'm in my element, I'm here to have a good time. I'm laughing. I'm goofy. I'm trying to make other people laugh. And that's just the way to be. Man, like, yeah. it, it definitely definitely makes you take a step back to think like and and cherish every moment. And like it it it's sad, but it, it shouldn't take moments like this to make you think about it. Like, but true. But every day, like, because people people bring up like, oh, what what was he doing on a helicopter? Like, like that's something that he does regularly. Like he gets in that helicopter. Mm-hmm. Like obviously not as often as we get in the car every day, 
but like often enough to say that you know that's routine yep and like so like these things can happen at any given moment and so you really have to just take advantage and 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 live life and enjoy it and and be with those you love as long as much as you can yeah and not to make parallels i know we got other um topics to go to but not to make too many parallels but i, I mentioned because we have a group text and we kind of throw ideas off and talk all the time um last year when um nipsey hustle died i um, had this big spiel and i mentioned it in a, in a group me that i was in and i mentioned it to, to you guys about like um what his death made me think about and what 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 how it impacted me and i think the biggest thing that came from it when nipsey hustle passed away was i'm gonna this is the third episode i'm about to get biblical again but what my, <laughs> what my, my pastor would always say make a dent with your dash you're gonna have two dates the date you were born and the date that you die and in between it there's a dash um and make a dent with it meaning do something purposeful like and that. of all things that happened with him of course the tragic way to pass away and the, the timing of it right after the grammys and everything was going on but after he passed away if you didn't know who he was you knew everything about him and all fifteen thousand things that he had his hand in every video that came out about nipsey hustle was him doing something out the mud as we would say getting it out the mud or hustling or uh, being an entrepreneur or supporting someone or you know providing someone with clothes when they got out of prison and giving them a job and he was a he was an avid reader like um there's a reading there's a book list for the black panthers like the black panthers had a, a, a reading list he had his own reading list you can literally google nipsey hustle's uh, book book list of the books that he was reading um and i eventually once once my baby gets old enough and she'll give me time to read again i'm gonna start reading again definitely want to get into the books that he was uh reading so it definitely made me want to be more impactful and that was the message i kept telling you guys like I want to make a dent with my dash. I want to do something purposeful and meaningful. I want to, I don't want to just exist and then pass away and just be a memory. I'm not, I'm definitely not mm -hmm. saying I want people to tweet about me and post videos of all the stuff that I was doing. Cause I'm, I'm can I put your face on a t-shirt? <laughs> exactly. uh, earbrush, get an earbrush t-shirt of me. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I want to do something that's going to impact somebody, some group of people, some uh, demographics, and not just be, hey, I'm working my nine to five to survive. I'm going to survive. I'm going to smile a few times and then I'm going to pass away and I'm going to become dirt. Um, so that that's how his passing affected me. Of course, he had a family um, and, you know, any, everybody grieves when your family passes away. But Kobe's passing made us appreciate family because it was a case yes. of transportation is how he died heading somewhere he wasn't shot at he didn't die of natural causes he didn't have an accident where something like fell on him or anything like that he was transporting from one place to another could have been in a car could have been on a bicycle could have been on a motorcycle and we always have that picture in our head you know don't leave the house without saying i love you make sure you hug someone and that and the first thing that everyone who's like reminiscing on him and when they heard about when he passed away first thing that they're saying is as soon as i heard i hugged my daughter as soon as i heard i called my son or i called my mom or i called my wife or i hugged my wife because I mean, we don't know what what was going on with him and vanessa i'm not saying anything negative was happening but you don't know if it was just a case where she was like all right holla at me 
because this is just business as usual mm-hmm. he'll be right back yeah. yeah i mean in a perfect world hopefully they had a hug and a kiss or you know it was a good intimate moment you never know it's gonna be your last time seeing them but i think what the world is taking from this passing is cherishing family and cherishing moments and not taking things for granted with your family and you know that's definitely well said and a lot of people make a huge deal of him being such a huge family man but if you follow the history of Kobe you know that him and his dad have never really had the best of relationships a part of the reason Kobe was so anal and so tough on the court was because his dad was tough on him growing up but it made him as great as he was and you gotta have that killer instinct and that focus to be the black mamba and all those things you have to be selfish when you want to be great there's no great person that's done anything worth obtaining or achieving that was just this awesome person all across the board you have to have some selfish traits in order to be the best of the best of the best of the world and kobe sacrificed family time he sacrificed birthdays events to be the best basketball player he can be and when he retired he engulfed himself in his daughter's lives and you know that's that's what you want you want to be able to have two great careers you want to be able to work and make your money make your fame and create a lifestyle and then when that's over and done you want to be able to transition into the next phase and he did it very smoothly and you're right Dre it's taken away from his death you don't want to leave with drama you don't want to leave with the unknown you want to you know smell the roses while you're here tell the people you love them while they can hear it and you want to appreciate and put your feet in the water and just enjoy all of the things that life has to bring and you know this is something was an eye-opener for myself and I can do a better job and taking advantage of all the joys of life mm-hmm. for sure and like like this, I feel like this is a good way to segue into one of the things I wanted to ask you guys as as fathers because um, like I said I went to the Pro Bowl this weekend with my cousin and um, mm-hmm. you know my whole family from Maryland and so he was coming down it was his daughter's 8th birthday and so he brought her down to do the whole Disney trip for the first time Mm-hmm. And you know, in the hotel room, they they had um you know were sitting down watching the news or whatever, and I guess they came up that oh tickets to the Pro Bowl are going for as low as you know twenty two dollars or something like that. So she was like, oh dad, can we go? <laughs> and like for an eight year old girl, like not to say that you know girls aren't into football, but like for an eight year old girl to to say oh I'm willing to skip Disney to go to the Pro Bowl, like you don't hear that every day. And so, mm-hmm. like, my cousin, he's a, he's a Ravens fan. And so, naturally, his daughter is a Ravens fan. And so, with the season that, that Lamar had, they wanted to see Lamar. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. what they were going to the Pro Bowl for. And so, we're there, you know, um, got pretty good seats, you know, 45-yard line watching the game on the AFC side. So we're as close to Lamar, you know, without being like front row, like we're on his side and everything like that. So the game mm-hmm. starts going, starts going, comes to the end. And like, 
my cousin like man we got to try to get an autograph and <laughs> and like having having worked in the NFL like I kind of you know know the behind the scenes of how things go once players leave the field and so like I didn't want to burst no bubbles like I was there to have a good time with them and everything like that and so um, we're there waiting down by the tunnel for a, for a while after the game I don't know if it was been you know 30 minutes or whatever because he did get the MVP so they had him on the field a little longer but like my cousin must have asked at least 10 different people with badges on you know how do we go about getting this autograph you know blah 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 things like that and like not having any kids of my own like I have you know nephews and nieces and things that you know I've, I've, I've grown up with them um, but never to do anything like this but it was interesting to have this experience like my cousin was willing to do all of this asking <laughs> waiting around like we probably waited a good 30-45 minutes after the game had ended and like it it shows me like what people are willing to do for their children <laughs> and like it was a it was a beautiful moment to see and like like you get it like you it, it was it was surreal to see one of those moments where you see I would do anything for my child to make my child happy and so what I wanted to bring to y'all too was like and I know your daughters are, are younger so you probably don't have this yet but like how long do you wait for something like that is that his only child no not by not by a long shot <laughs> <laughs> is that his only daughter no okay so for me i'm i'm in what i call the dollar tree stage I can satisfy all of my daughter's needs at the Dollar Tree. So there's nothing above <laughs> what I can do. Like, I go to the Dollar Tree on all of my lunch breaks. I just bought her back some um, uh, coloring book today. She loves Minnie Mouse. I can go to uh, Dollar Tree and get a Minnie Mouse balloon. She loves balloons. Like, I can um, uh, bubbles. She likes bubble machines that blow bubbles. So I can meet all those requirements and it doesn't break the bank. And it doesn't take too much effort either. Um, I don't know where I'm going to be when they're to the age where their requests are going to be more difficult to, to fulfill. Like, um, I can see it, if this is my only child, because right now it's currently my only child, but if this is my only child, that's the reason why I asked it that way. Maybe I am still going above and beyond because I'm like, hey, I need to make her happy. Now, if I have three, four kids and I'm like, I know how this thing goes. She's going to cry for a little bit and I'm going to be all right. Like, so it, to me, it just really <laughs> depends on where where I uh, am. But this also, this is a great topic because it brings up something that I was thinking about recently. I think about my life and I think about everything that I've done. And I think we kind of talked about this on the first episode of, you know, where you are now, now that you're married and have kids. And I feel like I have lived my life. I kind of mentioned this before. And I feel like the rest of my life is to make her life or my family's life better and to make it as good as possible. Um, so with that logic, I would say probably I would hang around to see if I can make it happen. If I can't make it happen, no big deal. But 
making the effort like i know parents don't really want to spoil their kids but i'm also been contemplating that like like when you bring a child into the world in a perfect world it was a mutual decision you know and it was a conscious decision to say <laughs> why are we doing this are we doing this because we're selfish and we want to have a child to say that we have a child or are we doing this because we want to create another human being and have that human being have a good experience the, um i know i'm going off into a different topic but like if you knew in advance hey if you have a child the child is going to have a really bad life or they're going to be born without an arm or something like that like you probably would say no we'll 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 not take the make a go on it right now maybe at another time but i say that to say when you make a decision to have a child it generally should be because you want to create a human being and create that human being to have a good life and to experience good things if you could press a button and avoid them having issues in their life and avoid every issue possible you probably would do that if you could press a button and make sure they're always smiling and they always get what they want you probably would do that um so i uh, with that point of view i probably would try my best to make it happen because i would say to myself hey you know this wouldn't have happened to me i've already lived my life when i was younger my dad probably couldn't have got this done for me let me see if i can get it done for her to see how happy she's going to be okay and my perspective on that i like to believe that when i commit to doing something or commit my time to do something i want to enjoy the whole experience and we took our daughter we took my daughter to disney for her birthday and so you download the disney app you look at the the lines and you try to do the skip the line you try to make sure that every part of the trip you can enjoy it and so if i took her to a game or a pro bowl i want to enjoy the entire experience so like you Vince i've been working in professional sports for quite some time now i've been able to work in the nba and the nfl so you know the little tricks of the trade so if my daughter becomes a huge nba fan or nfl fan and she wants to meet a player i know that i got to get there early to catch them going into the arena or going into the stadium and try to get them as they're walking in leaving their cars or if she wants to autograph afterwards i got to work my way down to the tunnels where the players enter and exit to try to see if i can get an autograph and because i understand that this is what the majority of people do i got to know that i got to be patient there will be some waiting and i just want to be as proactive about it as possible because i hate my time being wasted and i hate just not having a plan so i'm not going to just wing it and be like well i'm going to go to this corner and that corner just walk around on arena six five five or six times so um right now my wife and i are expecting our second child i'm expecting a baby boy in april so i'll be a father with two and balancing that with a son and a daughter is going to be interesting but as dre was saying as a father we take on this responsibility of i want to make sure that they have a great life a good experience i want them to enjoy this i want them to maximize our time our energy our effort cuz parents whether it's a dollar or if it's a 100 dollars you invest a lot 
in providing your children and family with a great experience. So to go above and beyond and take it up another level, it's worth it because this may be the final trip to Disney. This may be the final Pro Bowl. This may be the final basketball game. So you want to create a memory that they will always resonate with when they experience it again with or without you. So as of right now, if I can do it, I will do it. And that's just my philosophy. If I can go the extra mile, I will go the extra mile. If I can get the autograph, I will get the autograph. And it's it's worth it at the end of the day because the joy that my daughter expresses when we go places or when she gets a balloon or when she gets a gift and how she reacts and responds, it just does something to me that you want to do over and 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 over again. And it's the reason why you become a parent. So, yes, to answer your question in a very long-winded way, <laughs> yes, you, you go the extra mile, you get the autograph, you stand for 45 minutes, you stand in the rain, you get up early, you stay late, you do whatever it takes to make it happen because they look up to you, they hold on to your every word, and you always want to be their hero. And right now, it's important that my daughter knows that her dad will come through and be her hero at any moment's notice. Well, I appreciate you guys' input on it. Like I said, because it, like, it, it really was a, a, a touching moment to see like the, the effort that he was putting in and like, like, and I can only imagine like how happy she would have been, she would have been had it would have come, come, come through for them. Like, yeah, like, so like she she was ready. Like she she was willing to wait for for however long. Um, but you know, like the way it worked out, like somebody within the media came out and, um, you know, was one of the ten people that he had asked, and like she was said, like I just left the NFC locker room. No one's that. No one's still there. Um, so she wasn't sure about the AFC locker room. Um. But like guys are kind of kind of hinted like oh so and so they're sneaking out this way and things like that but like had it would have came through like it, it definitely would have been worth the wait but like I said I, I was just curious like not being a parent at this point like how long do you wait yeah okay and Vince I think you had like another topic you wanted to talk about um, yeah, like it was um, one other thing that we didn't get to get to the other week. Um, like we were gonna talk about like date night experiences and like what kind, what kind of places we like to go to here in town and you know kind of get into that. And so um, like I'll, I'll kick that off. Like um, me and my wife just did a date night on um, on Friday, and like I hit you guys up in the text to see you know what kind of places you you guys would recommend and mm-hmm. so um like we we had ended up in the at the, the hot and crazy crab and it was a good experience you know like reasonably priced, priced food and like flavors was all good uh good little atmosphere so like we'll definitely be back did um, you get that little the fishbowl thing no i did not get the fishbowl we we wasn't drinking that night we wasn't drinking <laughs> Like I said, okay. we we had had plans to get to the movies too, um, but that didn't that didn't end up falling through. Um, but um, 
but we we went to the hot and crazy crab had a good little meal there and like one of the things that that i'm trying to do like as like i mentioned in the other episode with the new year like when i'm going to restaurants like i want to go to places that i haven't been yet before or you know try to get away from chain restaurants as much and just to try new mm-hmm. things and so um that's one of the try to one of the things I try to do with our date nights. I want to go to some place that we may not have been before. Like, yeah, we'll always have our our go tos and our favorite places, but I do want to try more restaurants. And there's always new restaurants coming out. It's like, mm-hmm. what kind of places do you look for, or what do you look for when you go into your date nights? Well, me and Jamila right now we haven't had like one on one time to go on a date but we'll stop and do a pickup um last sunday we went to willie's barbecue off of big ben um it's right behind the color oh uh, willie jewels yeah willie jewels yep um i'm a huge fan of pulled pork so they had a nice pulled pork sandwich i got some coleslaw some barbecue sauce on it and it was it was pretty good. Um, he who dines in right swine, now. his health will decline. <laughs> <laughs> well, that swine was divine <laughs> on that beautiful Sunday, and you know it was pretty good. I also like um, there's a Caraba slash Outback to go type spot, so we'll go there to pick up to go as well. And I know that's a chain. Uh, but yeah, the Willie Jewel barbecue was pretty solid. Okay. Okay, you can't go wrong with a barbecue spot. No, no indeed. So we've had different seasons of, of date nights. Um, and right now we're in the season of we have a baby. So date night is ordering in. <laughs> um, but we used to, Friday night was date night. And my wife would just always say date night is always eating out. Like we can eat out at any time. We could do other stuff. Um, but, uh, spots we've gone to, um, in, on this side of town, which is South Hillsboro area in Apollo beaches, there's a restaurant called Circles. It's on the water. It's, I'd say kind of upscale, but nothing that'll really break the bank or anything like that. But, um, the, of course the seafood is fresh and everything. Um, so that's a good environment. Um, my wife is a huge, um, New Orleans, Cajun, Creole, um, food, foodie. So Tibby's, which is a restaurant on Brandon Boulevard. That's a, a place that we frequent. Funny thing is it, the, I don't know if the original one, but one of the Tibby's franchises was in Altamont Springs, which is Orlando area. We visited mm-hmm. there cause we, our wedding was kind of in that area in Lake Mary. Uh, and someone told us, hey, go to this place called Tibby's. We liked it. We even met the manager there. Um, so when we, uh, around the week of our wedding, um, she took her bridal party and they went to, to Tibby's or whatever, that same Tibby's in Altamont Springs. So they opened one where we live now in Brandon, and it's the same manager who opened this one uh, out here. Um, okay, so- that's dope. We've um, we've had events there. My my sister in law when she graduated college, we had a little room res- reserved there, and um, the price was good. We fed like maybe nineteen twenty something people, and it didn't break the bank or anything. So, but yeah, so Tibby's is a good spot. Acropolis is a good little spot. Um, with date nights, it depends on what the vibe is for the night. Is it a are we gonna get dressed up night? Is it a are we wearing sneakers night? Is it a 
we're trying to do two different things, meaning we want to eat and we want to do an event. So it's hard to kind of gauge and then distance. You guys definitely probably know living in Riverview has its pluses and its and its curses because <laughs> all the sexy stuff is in Tampa, Tampa, like on Dale Mabry mm-hmm. and Waters and and uh, Howard and in real, you know, central Tampa. And mm-hmm. sure, Columbus technically Avenue. it's it's you know 17 miles away but 17 miles from here could be 48 minutes and then 15 minutes to park <laughs> um so my my wife always says she was like um you afraid to leave this circle of riverview you're afraid to leave the the outskirts of, of riverview uh to go on a date night or so but there are plenty of places that i would love to go to um uh, there's a spot spot called noble crust on um on Dale Mabry I went there with my brother it was a nice little vibe I'm like man this would be a good place for a date night we just went there because we were mm-hmm. just he he's big on going new places just like you Vince he was like I'm not gonna go to a place that I, I've been to because he's he lives in Georgia he's like I don't want something that I can get in Georgia exactly so, um <clears throat> but yeah little spots here or there but gauging where you're gonna go just really depends on what the vibe is one thing that we do if we can get a um we can get a, a sitter for the night and the sitters is okay with watching Kimura like late into the night is Applebee's. Not because the food is great, mm-hmm. they got dollar drinks. Ooh. And, <laughs> and <I'm, laughs> there's no way you're beating these dollar drinks with, with anything. I mean, granted, it's it's probably not top shelf and it's typically super sweet, but that also means we can handle multiple drinks. And proximity-wise, that Applebee's on Big Bend is almost walking distance you know worst case scenario we can uber home and come pick up the car the next day and the uber would be like three dollars yeah. <laughs> um, so on my birthday we did a bunch of stuff on my birthday um, last month and the last thing we did was we stopped at applebee's and got maybe six drinks so you know Ooh. less than ten dollars three for each of us um, but that that can always be a good nightcap is going to applebee's with the dollar drinks it's a different um drink every month last month it was some green drink i don't know what it was i think no it was an apple martini <laughs> i think um, okay yeah drink that drinking apple teenies for your birthday what's up you're not drinking apple teenies for your birthday man. Uh, it was a dollar so i would have i would have <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't go wrong with a dollar peach, peach snaps <laughs> if it was a dollar <laughs> <laughs> I would have had some Amaretto Sours or so. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So before we wrap up, we got to talk about the biggest game of the year. Super Bowl 54 down in Dade County, 305 Miami. You got the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a very even matchup. You got the defensive line that is featuring four first-round picks. And then they got a total of five first-rounders on their defensive line for the 49ers. You got MVP quarterback, MVP Patrick Mahomes. Some people are calling him Patrick Jordan. (laughs) Um, Prolific passer, great offense, fast receivers. Um, meeting up in Miami for the Super Bowl. Who do you guys like and why? I'll, I'll take a stab at this one first. Like, 
like like you just like you just pointed out like this this is a, a great story of of offense versus defense and like they always say defense wins championships and like I, I tend to agree with that, especially in the playoffs, because like the game just slows down so much. But like, yeah, I I don't know why exactly. Like I don't want the 49ers to win. Like, <laughs> like I don't have anything against any of their players per se. Like I don't have anything against the real franchise. But like, for some reason, like. Like I, I want to see the Chiefs bring this in, and I, maybe it's just because, like, you know, the 49ers they they've won in my lifetime. You know, the, <laughs> the, the Chiefs they they feel like an underdog story, and maybe that's what it is. Um, you know, there there is part of me like I do want to see Patrick Mahomes get his because I feel like he should have got one last year. Um, I feel like Andy Reid deserves one because Andy Reid's been in the game for as long as he has and has had some great runs. But just could never get that big one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I do, I do see that. Um, but at the same time, you could go the same way with the 49ers. Like the, the 49ers, like, like they they had that run with Cap, and you know that would have been great to see them get it done then. But like they got a, a fresh new coach. You know, it's always great to see. Like maybe they could that could be the start of a dynasty. You know. Um, which mm-hmm. as much as people hate the Patriots, like I do appreciate greatness. Like if you can go out and you can be the best team year in, year out, like you're you're just that damn good. So like that could be cool to see. But for for me, with no real dog in a fight as a Bucks fan, like I just wanna see a good game and you know, hopefully the Chiefs come out on top. What about you, Dre? Who you rooting for and why? Um, <clears throat> so for one of the first years in a while, I don't have a dog in the fight. Like, I'm a Giants fan. And player-wise, my player was um, Peyton Manning. So if it was the Colts in the Super Bowl or the Giants in the Super Bowl, I was good. Uh, worst case scenario, I'd root for the NFC team. Um, if it was a Florida team like Tampa Bay in 2002, and I live in Tampa, but I wasn't rooting for any of those teams. None of my teams made the playoffs. So I, I went with, all right, I'll go with Beast Mode. Beast Mode got picked back up, Marshawn Lynch. So I was like, I'll ride with the Seahawks. Um, that didn't last too long. Then I wanted to ride with um, uh, with the Ravens. Of course, South Florida guy, Lamar Jackson. He actually is from um, the area of Florida. My wife is from and where her... Um, her uh, family lives in like West Palm area. Um, mm-hmm. So that would have been I mean, perfect, but didn't work out. So it was literally two teams that I feel like I've watched one Chiefs game this year. Uh, and it was only because it was the only game on CBS. So like they were just showing the Chiefs versus Titans game. Um, and the Niners, I think I watched their um, Monday night football game. So I didn't have a team um, and I can come at this many different angles. That 2012 or was it 13 Super Bowl with the 49ers? I that was another game where I really didn't have a team that I was going for, but I was at the house of a Ravens fan, and I didn't want to go against the grain and like get chopped up and you know buried alive or something like that. A part of me was rooting for the 49ers, but I just didn't want to say it out loud because he was insane. Um, 
<laughs> but I, I always think back to that game and think about that last play to um, Crabtree. And I always think, why didn't he go to um, Randy Moss? Like in that scenario, that is Randy Moss's scenario. Uh, <laughs> and since you had both weapons, why not go with your throwing quarterback? I know in retrospect, hindsight is 2020. Why didn't you maybe snatch Kaepernick because he's the run first guy and put Alex Smith in there because he's the more, and I wouldn't say precision passer, but you probably trust him more throwing the ball. Um, so I always kind of think about that. Like Randy Moss, greatest receiver ever, had uh, two chances and both of them came down to the wire and one of them couldn't have involved him maybe winning it. Um, <clears throat> but getting closer and closer, I'm probably going to go with... Um, I'm probably going to go with the uh, the Chiefs. Um, we've never really gotten to the political aspect of things on this podcast so far, but <laughs> room, room, uh, uh, rumor is uh, your boy Bosa is MAGA. Um, <laughs> I don't know how good that's going to that's gonna be uh, on certain people's hearts and minds. So that's kind of one strike against the 49ers. Uh, another strike is I was a big uh, Richard Sherman guy. Like, I was all for him and all the rah-rah. Granted, he beat my team really bad in the Super Bowl. Um, well, it wasn't my team, but Peyton Manning. He beat him. Peyton Manning. Next year, I was rooting for them because, of course, I'm going against, you know, uh, Brady. <laughs> the Patriots. Um, so I felt bad when they lost. And I even started following him on Instagram because he was just a cool dude in general. He gives back a lot of money to charity. He does a lot of good, you know, other things. We, all, we always talk about, you know, doing... Um, not always, but a few episodes we talked about, you know, growing fruits and vegetables in our yard and stuff like that. And he's really big on that. And he was like, you know, um, organic fertilizer and stuff. So I followed him for reasons like that. But he really irks me with his energy. He puts a lot of energy into like looking up old tweets of people who counted him out and trying to shut them up and like starting drama. <laughs> like what last week he was going back and forth with Darrell Revis on Twitter um, granted, it seems like Darrell kind of started that, but that seems to be his M.O. And I feel like he's not celebrating his wins. Like, you just won the NFC Championship. You might win the Super Bowl, but you don't see him celebrating. You don't see him happy. He's just searching out for who done, who's done me wrong, who counted me out so I can yell at you. <laughs> and that energy is just, I, I can't vibe with it. So I'm kind of going against him because of that. Uh, for my pick, like I said, probably Kansas City. Um, I'm I'm gonna sound like Skip Bayless because I'm contradicting myself. The last episode, <laughs> I ended it with saying the Chiefs have a small window and their window closed when they they gave back the ball to um, Tom Brady with a minute to go, and you, <laughs> you may never see them in another Super Bowl again. Look at the um, the Jaguars. Two, three years ago, they were in uh, a fumble away from the Super Bowl. I literally said that what two weeks ago, and now I'm picking them to win the whole Super Bowl. But um, <laughs> but I just saw a stat today, and I think I mentioned it in the, the group text. Pat Mahomes hasn't lost a game by more than seven points his entire career. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but I think I saw it on Twitter. Like they said, he's the most he's ever lost a game by in the NFL was by seven points. Um, and the first loss that comes to mind, of course, is going to be last year's lo playoff loss, which was obviously less than seven points. So mm -hmm. odds are in his favor. He he's a he's the comeback king. He can put up a lot of points on you. 
Um, and that offense versus defense thing, like uh, like you said, Vince, uh, defense wins championships. We've seen it where a best defense versus best offense, and the defense kills them. Like um, Oakland versus Seahawks, yeah, Seahawks versus um, Broncos, Broncos, Oakland versus um, what do you call it? The Bucks. the Bucks, Ravens versus the Giants in 2000. We've seen it where the defense completely kills them, but then we also seen last year where last year the, the better defensive team was clearly the Rams they had you know all pro cornerbacks and everything and a receiver won the Super Bowl MVP and they supposed to have these great cornerbacks um, yeah. and I think it's probably going to be the case this year I, the 49ers have the better defense however the Chiefs offense and the speed I think it's going to be a similar Julian Edelman situation where um, if they run the routes the right way uh, Tariq Hill is going to be given um, uh, Richard Sherman fits because he's not going to be able to keep up with him. Granted, he's a cover three, you know, zone cornerback, which he doesn't want to be called. He's not really a one-on-one guy. But I think they can take advantage of, of that defense or take advantage of the corners if they're running the right routes. Right, you guys put on some really good points. Um... I hate that we all agree, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just in a sentimental spot for Andy Reid. He has the most wins by any NFL coach in the playoffs in the regular season that hasn't won a Super Bowl. Um, I followed him pretty much his whole career from the Packers to the Eagles and now with the Chiefs. He lost a son. Um, a few years ago and I think he's one of the most well-known and celebrated coaches in the NFL and right now I think we're in the moment of a passing of a guard you know a lot of people were mentioning how this is the first time the playoffs didn't feature Ben Roethlisberger Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in like an AFC championship or going deep in the AFC and we've seen a lot of new teams make a huge run. Like, no one saw the Titans using their backup quarterback in Tannehill and being a game away from the Super Bowl. No one saw that. No one saw Lamar Jackson being able to put together an MVP season after the year he had, you know, last year, not being able to throw the ball. And now he's just lighting it up. And then you got Patrick Mahomes, you have Deshaun Watson, and, you know, they were just magical. Like, they literally were the reasons why their teams won games. Like, that first game where the Texans were playing the Bills in the playoffs in the wildcard round, the Bills were up, I think, 17-0. And Deshaun Watson willed that team to victory. And I think Patrick Mahomes is special. I believe the hype. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I think he has a special right arm. I love the fact that he gave respect to Alex Smith and he was able to learn from him for a year. And I think their offense is scary good. You have your prototypical receiver in Sammy Watkins. He's about 6'2", good length, good size, great speed, great hands. You know, on the other side, you got Tyreek Hill, 
He's a swift army knife. He takes runs out of the backfield. He catches screens, and he's nothing but yak. He catches the ball in space. Go ahead, put your arms up. Like, he's instant offense. And then you got Travis Kelsey, and they have so many weapons. And you got McCole Hartman. Like, they got Shady McCoy. Like, they're just primed with offensive superpowers. And... Not to take anything away from the 49ers. I think they are loaded on defense, and typically defense does win championships. But I think this Chiefs team with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and all that offense, I think it's going to be the Chiefs victorious in Super Bowl 54 down in Miami. Um, My score prediction, I'm going to say right now, 32-27 Chiefs. I'm not good with football score predictions. I'm better with basketball. Like I can tell if it's going to be a low-scoring <laughs> game, like a 90s-type game or a high-scoring game. I do believe, though, that if they win Chiefs, it's going to be at minimum two touchdowns where it's comfortable. Okay. Yeah, as, far as, as far as the score, if I was to put something on it, like I feel like if, if, it get, if the Chiefs can get to 30 points, and I do say if because I, I I really do believe in that 49ers defense. If the Chiefs if the Chiefs can get to 30 something points, I don't really believe in Jimmy Garoppolo enough to to be able to keep up. So I don't think it, it could be a 32-27 guy in the game. Like if if the Chiefs can get up to 30 points, I think it's gonna be a two score game. Um, you know, like 30 to, to 17 type deal um, and especially too because I don't know the the, the health of uh, of Coleman uh, with the uh, the 49ers I know he left um, I believe it with it was with a, a shoulder a shoulder I want to say I think he had like a yeah a shoulder I think or some type of arm injury he left the NFC championship game. yeah and I know like while um while what's the name what's what's their other running back Oh, Mozart. Yeah, yeah, like he he had a great game in the in the in the championship game, and they didn't prove to need Coleman. But like throughout the season, like you can see, they were doing the whole running back by committee, and so like yeah. I wonder how that goes goes into it. So like I I like the Chiefs if it if it if it turns into a higher scoring game, but if it stays low scoring and they can they can keep you know Mahomes in check. That it's it's really anybody's game. I could be a, see it being like a seventeen thirteen game. Yeah, yeah. So. I think the game that Monstar had was an anomaly. I, I I think it just it just proved not necessarily how good the Niners were. It just proved how bad the Packers defense was. Like the uh, quote Skip Bayless, they pulled the you know they pulled the sheet over our eyes. Like they just proved they're not that good of a twelve and four team or whatever they were. Uh, the Packers like their defense was extremely suspect like he was breaking like 30 yard rushes like every time he touched the ball he wasn't touched man like he was able to just do whatever he wanted like 15 yards he wasn't even touched it was crazy yeah so hopefully they don't sleep on Jimmy Garoppolo and they also can load the box and stop the run they just got to get creative. And I think with the Honey Badger, they got they got T-Sizzle, Terrell Suggs back there. And uh, they got some good players on defense. I think Chris Jones is one of the better interior 
defense alignment in the game right now. Um, so it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Are you guys going anywhere to watch the Super Bowl or hosting anything? Uh, you haven't invited us, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I was in town, I would. I'll be out. Oh of yeah, town I forgot you're not in town. But honestly, <laughs> I don't have a plan to watch Super Bowl. Like I wasn't really like I, said, I didn't really have a dog in the fight this year, and then the Kobe yeah. thing kind of. I'm still in a whirlwind. Like I'm not really interested in watching sports. As y'all know, I'm a mm-hmm. huge Laker fan, but I think I'm probably not going to watch any more of their games. I'll just wait till the playoffs. Um, not to jump back into the Kobe situation, but um, <laughs> the I wanted to mention it was already pressure this year for the Lakers to win the NBA championship. Like they were supposed to be the favorites to win at the very least between them and the Clippers. And as a Laker fan, you either want to win the whole thing or at the very least make sure the Clippers don't win it. So even if we lose to the Bucks in the finals, <laughs> we're good. Or even if we don't make it to the finals, if we happen to see them in one of these rounds, hopefully they get eliminated, they being the Clippers. But at this point, they got to run the table. Like, they got to run the table and win the whole thing. Like, it's not going to be fulfilling. Dre, I know how sentimental you are right now, but if the Lakers just dominate and beat everybody in the playoffs, I'm going to say it's good. Well, they, they won't because because it's basketball. If it was football like, where it's just one game a week, then possibly. But they, they're not going to go that good. And they definitely need some pieces. Funny thing is the last thing that I submitted in a group about sports like was 60 seconds before someone said Kobe had passed away. I submitted a, a trade request or not a trade request. I think, um, uh, what's the guy's name? J.R. Smith is supposed to be trying out for the Lakers this week. And yeah, I, I, I literally that. clicked send on that. And, um, 60 seconds later, someone ta- started talking about, um, Kobe Ryan passing away. Um, <clears throat> but I, I don't know if I'm watching the Super Bowl. Like I, I may take a hiatus from sports. I haven't been watching the news. I haven't watched sports broadcasting or anything like that. Um, knowing my household, they're probably going to want to watch it, so it might be on. But <laughs> I I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to do something. I'm, the rest of the year is going to be a what would Kobe do? So I'm always going to be thinking about what would Kobe <laughs> want me to watch this game right now? <laughs> yes, he would. Everyone who knows Kobe knows how competitive he was. Everyone was saying he would want me to play. He want me to get up in the gym and shoot. He want me to get up at four in the morning and go run. Like Kobe was a dog. He was addicted. He was a gym rat. He would want you to be moping and all sad and getting fat. He want you to be working out there, being your best self. So embrace and adopt that mama mentality. I think we all can um, do a better job in trying to get up and run like we used to, go hoop like we used to, and just be the best version of ourselves by any means necessary. Like, I'm sure, Dre, you remember the infamous day in practice where he elbowed Sasha in the middle of the chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and then the cameraman didn't know what was going on. They were like, is this serious? What's going on? <laughs> like, he always played with an edge. Like, he was super competitive. And I think as an alpha male, as someone who wants to be that guy, you want to be known for taking the fighter shot. You want to be known for taking the risk. And to put this in like just a more relatable sense, like I'm from Richmond, Virginia, but I left Richmond to move and I went to school out of state. I lived in Chicago, I lived in Atlanta, now I'm living here in Tampa. And I think if I was to fully embrace the mama mentality and just be the best version of myself, I can push harder and be great. 
And I think that's something that with the news of Kobe and everything going on, that's something I can strive for. Continue pushing the envelope and being the best version of myself and seeing how far I can go. Yeah, like Kobe, he, he definitely definitely left a, a blueprint for for how you should go about attacking life. Like uh, I, I I know it was a commercial and it's it's meant to be funny, but that commercial where like he's talking to Kobe and he's saying or talking to um Kanye to, to Kanye and he's like you know <laughs> what can I do like I got you know how many Grammys this year he's like do more like. <laughs> Like that's that's how you gotta approach it. Like, even if you're at the top of your game, like there's still more that you can do, and like that, that's a it's a great way to 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 attack life. And like I I, I hope that I do try to embody some more of that in, in myself. Like like I said, not as the biggest Kobe fan, um, but he definitely did leave a legacy and. And that's one of the things you can take away from him for sure. Did y'all ever notice that Kobe lost his Philly accent like after he cut his fro off? Like you know, this like what well, they, <laughs> they said he tried to emulate how Jordan talked. Like I've been watching podcasts and watching interviews all week, so um, I'm a huge fan of the Odd Couple with Rob Parker and um, Chris Broussard. And I'm also a huge fan of the Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp podcast. Um, and they were saying like Kobe wanted to be Jordan. He wanted to beat Jordan. He wanted to demolish Jordan. So he invited him. He he wore the knee brace. He wore the sh- elbow, uh, the elbow pad. He started walking like him. He started talking like him. So. He lost his Philly accent quick <laughs> and he started to, you know, change his dialect and change how he spoke. He spoke slower and they were saying like he just really tried to emulate what he at the time considered to be the greatest or the best at the time. And he became it and he was just wired differently. And um, the more that I'm hearing about him, the more that I'm learning about him, you know, my respect and my likeness for Kobe is increasing. But again, I didn't really follow him. I didn't really care because I wasn't a Lakers fan and I wasn't a Kobe fan. So I think we had a great pod today. This is our longest pod, episode three. We covered a lot of basics and topics. Um, Again, I appreciate you fellas. And um, I guess it's a wrap. All right, y'all have a good one. Yes, sir. I appreciate you boys. Same. See you in two weeks. (laughs) Peace.